Hello, it is Tuesday, June 8th. I am Trent Reinsmith, and this is another edition of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast, and not daily anymore. I got to I gotta fix that. Got to get knocked that out of my head. Um, three times, four times a week. Come On Now MMA podcast. All right, I'll come up with a new tag. So I think this is working out better for me. Hopefully it works out better for everyone else. I can concentrate a little more on other things and not have to worry about doing a podcast when I maybe don't have much to talk about. But this every other day thing, working out pretty good for me. Hopefully it works out for everyone. A um, little less burden on you as a listener, viewer. A little less burden on me as a podcaster and a independent contractor trying to make a living. Okay, so Dana White is... A lot of the topics today are going to be Dana White related. First one is going to be Dana White and Paulo Costa related. So Costa got a little, got a lot of mad about pay over the past weekend when um, the Mayweather fight, and he said a bunch of tweets, but the main one was that you know we're not paid enough, should get at least three hundred fifty thousand dollars for a main event, which three hundred fifty thousand dollars is not a lot of money. Um, to main event a UFC fight card. And Dana White said, um, he went off the handle, and this is some of what he said. You're mad. You just came off a ridiculous, horrible performance. Come back and put yourself in a position to do something big. You're in no position to be talking about crazy money after your last performance. Okay, you either want to fight or you don't want to fight. No problem. If you don't want to fight, you can hang out and do whatever you want. When you're ready, you let me know. Uh, so... Does this address the issue of fighter pay? Nope. It dances around the issue, makes you know, stirs up a bunch of dirt, gets a big cloud in the air, intimidates the person interviewing it sometimes, and just distracts from the issue, which is Paula Costa doesn't get paid enough to fight in a main event. Now let's look at this this the background here, which is ridiculous. So Costa was 13-0 with three fight night bonuses. Two of those came in the fights previous to his title fight against Israel Adesanya. And so he was 13-0 coming off two performances that got fight uh, that got fight night bonuses and earned a title fight off of that. And then Dana White's comeback is, well, you're lost to Adesanya. You stank. Which, come on now. If he stank so much, why were you trying to put him in a main event against Jared Cannonier? That's, a, that's a, a question that White needs to answer. If the guy's performance stank, why do you want him to headline a card? And the other thing is, this just points out the fact that the UFC is the ultimate what-have-you-done-for-me-lately sport. It totally ignores anything you did to build up to that point. Man worked his way up to a title fight got beat by one of the best fighters in, in MMA and the best fighter in his weight division for sure because he's a, the title holder, at least in the UFC. And your comeback is you stank. It's it's silly. And again, it doesn't address the issue. So let White get all red in the face, act up, wave his hands in the air, do whatever he needs to do to make himself feel big and good. And then you can just ask him, well, what about the pay? And then he'll probably come back with something witty like, what about the pay? But at least focus on what the issue is. The issue isn't Paula Costa's last fight. The issue isn't come back and fight 
The issue isn't you don't have to fight. The issue is fighter pay is low. Address the issue. Um, so White did not do that here. And if he thinks $350,000 is crazy money, what does he think the the million dollars is that he spent on his kid's 16th birthday party? Just the, just the question. If he wants to go dancing around with uh, around the point, well, then dance with him and ask him that. Michael Chandler um, spoke about his loss to Charles Oliveira, and I was pretty impressed with what he had to say and how he addressed the loss, and I think it was mature and showed that he's grown up and showed that, you know, if you, you this sport, you're going to lose. And it, it can be difficult to come back from that loss in a sport where it's one-on-one and especially if it's a sport where it's one-on-one and you got stopped and, you know, submitted or knocked out. Um, so this is what Chandler had to say uh, to MMA fighting. I made some mistakes back in the day when I had my first loss. It really turned into a loss streak. If you hide from the losses, if you try and shield yourself from them or shield yourself from talking about them, they become self-fulfilling prophecies or future losses and future self-deprecating circumstances. I realized very quick after I had that first loss to Eddie Alvarez back in 2013, I wasn't prepared to lose. I was prepared physically, but I wasn't prepared mentally in my mind to lose. That loss led to two other subsequent losses, 688 days. I went without winning a fight. I made a couple mistakes back then. And then he said that he gave three things that he did in the process of, that he did wrong in trying to get over those losses and, and how he fixed it. Um, and this is what he said about that. Uh, I, I opened the door to ownership that is needed, the accountability and the responsibility that is needed to grow from it, to go back to the drawing board, to reassess and recalibrate, to take this setback and look at it as a setback and a moment that is just a necessary coiling of a spring to spring me into a better version of myself. I do think I have learned to embrace the process. And this is really good and um, pretty educational. And I know it sounds kind of, you know, new agey and whatnot, but it, I think it's, I think it hits home, will hit home to folks that do things individually. And yeah, if you can't learn something from the loss and can't come back from the loss stronger, well, then it becomes what happened to Chandler in the first place, which is a self-fulfilling prophecy where the doubt creeps in and then it just takes over. So it's really about putting these things behind you, but doing so in a healthy way. And the healthy way is to, I lost, but that doesn't define me. I, here's where I could have, where I can improve. And you just go through it like a process like that. So this is very um, good for Chandler, for Chandler to do. And I'm glad he's speaking up about it because I think a lot of fighters and, and people that aren't fighters, they take their losses and their setbacks and their defeats and they absorb them in a negative way and it becomes kind of a lifestyle then in some ways. Um, so I'm glad Chandler is not one of those people and um, maybe he's someone that other people can learn from. Ariel Holwani is going to end his three-year deal with ESPN in a couple of days, maybe in a week or so. And he is rumored to be going to the Action Network and Metal Lark, maybe, which is um, Dan Lebetard's podcasting concern. 
Um, ESPN initially offered him, and this is from the New York Post, initially offered him a pay reduction of 10% and then came back with a 5% pay, which if Helwani was making close to $500,000, which is what the Post reports, not great, but not anywhere near what they wanted to cut Kenny Maine. And Kenny Maine was uh, going to go from one point seven to 800000 and Maine um, obviously left. Um, so the report is that you know, significant talks with Action Network, where, uh, it's where Darren Ravel is, and it's a um, gambling site, and it has a ownership that owns a bunch of gambling sites all over the world, and Action Network recently sold to them for $240,000, I saw in while I was doing a little research here. So this is a, a, a weird spot for Helwani. I mean, he, he had a lot to think about, and I don't know what I would have done here. If I'm, I'll just put myself in Helwani's shoes for this one. So I don't know about the Action Network. So I'm not sold on the gambling site's growth, um, and I'd want to see a little more of that before I, or some, cons- or some real um, concrete proof that this is going to last and that the trajectory is up and what are you going to do to make it last because the competition is increasing now? Um, how are you set up to uh, absorb other things and expand when other gambling fronts open up in, other st- in the U.S., especially as they grow state by state? How are you ready to do that? If there's a plan there, um, if you have everything in place to, to put that pe- plan forth, a lot of infrastructure questions about this and a lot of growth questions about it because I know ESPN, while it's on a downturn, I don't think it's going anywhere, um, at least not in the next three years. So I, without, uh, see, that's what t- t- gives me a little, uh, I'm lean, I lean ESPN if I'm discussing those things just because of history. Now, the next thing you got to consider is your personal uh, well-being and I don't know if I'm Ariel Hawani if I feel that ESPN has my back uh, um, when white uh, shit on uh, Hawani recently ESPN had a less than stellar response it was kind of lukewarm Hawani's co-workers stood by him and spoke up quickly the network kind of half-assed it, which was concerning and would have concerned me greatly because I know ESPN is more interested in the UFC than it is in me. And with that, if the boss of the UFC dislikes me, how good is my relationship going to be with the, the place I'm reporting on? And how good, how much is my employer going to back me if it comes down to Dana White versus Ariel Hawani, and I feel really uncomfortable if I'm Hawani in that one. So on a personal well-being, I'm definitely leaning away from ESPN. So then you just have to look at life and, okay, maybe I sign with Action Network for, instead of three years with ESPN, for five years with Action Network and get a fully guaranteed contract. Well, then I feel a little better. If the pay is less, I still feel pretty good that I'm locked in and I'm going to get paid that amount of money even if it fails. If it if it succeeds and grows, well, then I have something to grow on. 
when the next contract comes around. Um, and also, you know, how, how what's the travel like there? What's what are the other options? Can I expand? Can I work with the the podcasting networks? Are there other options for me to make more money? So if he works for Action Network and go can go podcast for Levitard once a week, a couple times a week, daily, well, that's a gonna that's gonna also be a big chunk of change because Levitard is involved with um, the former president of ESPN and that I forget his name off the top of my head, but that's another option. So. I mean, for well-being, personal well-being, growth, and depending on the length and amount on the contract, I've, I'm 95% sure that I would have went with Action Network and left ESPN just because it's, while it might not be a hostile or unfriendly place now, the potential is definitely there for that to develop. So I think Hawani made the right call. Um, but we'll see how this all pans out in the end. Uh, so wish him luck and see what we get from Ariel Hawani coming, going forward. UFC 263 takes place in Arizona this weekend. And I did a brief, well, not brief. I did a rundown of the, um, commission watch, which I do for bloody elbow. And while there were some concerns with the commission, as far as, um, what it requires for fighters. It wasn't an overwhelming kind of concern. There were some things I would have liked to seen for all fighters that only certain fighters got. But I really want to talk about here is the COVID-19 protocol that they had in pl- that they have in place for the event. Uh, very robust, very detailed. It breaks down what the UFC is responsible for, breaks down what the commission is responsible for, breaks down what happens if there's a positive test or if someone is um, having symptoms, breaks down who can go where, where PPE is um, needed, very detailed. And I'm really impressed with what Arizona did here. So I feel good about that, even if I don't feel great about no masks. But if Arizona, and I think Arizona hit a, has hit a decent number. I think they were trending at a number where it wasn't a huge concern. And that was the last I checked was was a while ago. So they they look good. Um, I don't think this will be a big big deal with uh, COVID nineteen as long as the protocols followed. And even then, if something happens, I don't think it'll be tremendously huge. But I just wanted to mention that the commission, from what they what they delivered in writing about the COVID nineteen protocol, uh, very impressed. And now it's up to the UFC to follow through because they have a lot of responsibility on that, on that protocol. So hopefully it pans out well. And even if something bad happens, I think the commission is well prepared for that. And it was really good to see that. So real nice job um, from the Arizona commission. Hopefully we see these kind of documents from every commission when the UFC starts to branch out and what they are going to do going forward. Uh, I'm still for additional testing of people that have previously tested positive for COVID-19, but anything is better than nothing. So this was a good job from the Arizona um, Boxing and MMA Commission. Um, Dana White took a dump on uh, the Logan, uh, the Paul, I forget who fought, Logan? 
one of one of the Paul brothers fought Floyd Mayweather. I draw a blank sometimes because I not the biggest concern of mine. But what he said is, listen, if you got people that are stupid enough to spend that kind of money, you deserve to take those dummies' money. They deserve it. Now, the implication here, and this is something he's also said, is the UFC doesn't do that shit. That's not their bag, blah, blah, blah. But let's not forget, if you look back in the UFC's history, even fairly recent history, the UFC definitely does do these things. Uh, they had Sean Gannon, who it was you know, the cop that beat up Kimbo Slice. He fought for the UFC. Um, James Tony, Randy Couture, that happened in the UFC. Two fights from CM Punk, that happened in the UFC. So White needs to get off his high horse and, and stop acting superior here because this stuff has happened in the UFC. And if the money's good enough, it will happen in the UFC again. Don't act like it won't. Dan White's main interest is money. That's it. And if he can make money, he'll do it. The CM Punk thing was the proof of that. At least Paul has been training boxing and wrestled in high school. CM Punk's main thing was that he was a professional wrestler. He had no athletic experience before he did that, from what I um, recall. So, And that's not to you know, cast dispersions on him. He took an opportunity that was given to him, and that's what you do. Did he deserve that opportunity? That's not his concern. So White really needs to stop this. We all know he's mad at these folks, but, you know, get over it. Get over it. Um, he did a, uh, White did an interview with UFC, uh, one of the UFC-owned websites, and uh, I forgot which one, Arabia? And he, he was asked about the comment that he that um fighters were going to get health benefits soon when he was asked the question he was a little uncomfortable at first but then he started laughing about it and he said that he was not answering that question when he said soon but he was answering uh, the question before that when he said soon so he pretty much broke out laughing when what he was asked about the fighters getting health benefits which you know is pretty much the wrong thing to do when you're shafting your independent contractors after you after many people were led to believe that the health benefits were going to come soon but they weren't but but the message was there that Dana White said they were and when Dana White says something a lot of people believe it I don't know why but they do um, and so White had a good chuckle over that um, there was no follow-up question as to why not and the reporter also laughed along a little bit. Sounded like nervous laughter, which, okay, I can get that. But not the best look um, from her. And But it's something that the UFC media does all the time. When White gets asked a diff difficult question and he goes off the handle or he gives an inappropriate answer, the media tends to chuckle along with him. Um, an example was that with that would be the uh, Chris Cyborg thing with when he said she looked like a wonderfully silver in a dress. There was nervous laughter, and then again, uncalled for. And I know some people owned up to that after the fact and said that they were out of line by doing that. And it was just kind of a in the moment, this is not good. And when you and I understand that, I understand. I mean, 
you don't expect it and then it happens and then you're kind of taken off guard and the only thing to do is kind of chuckle a little bit and, and move on. Uh, but I think we just need to get a little bit better with Dana White with not chuckling and moving on because we should be used to it by now. And we, we need to really just focus on keeping the questions moving forward and making him answer the difficult questions. It's hard. I get that. I understand that, especially when the answer like this comes from out of nowhere and you aren't expecting it. But I think as a whole, the media needs to do better. And I just wanted to point out the fact that the the one that who looked the worst in all this is is Dana White for sure. Because what if you're a fighter and you actually believed that you were going to get benefits and that's how you find out you're not going to by the boss pretty much literally laughing in your face and saying, oh, no, no, you're not getting benefits. That was the wrong answer. And just laughing it off because you, you don't matter. That's the, that's the overarching message in this. Your lives, your safety, you're out there literally bleeding, taking time off, taking a lot of time off your career and off your life, most likely to entertain people for not as much money as you can get. And you don't even deserve benefits. And the boss, in, in responding to that, is just going to laugh at you. So you started off here today with the boss shitting on someone who wanted to get paid what they were worth. And then the boss laughing about people not getting um, health benefits. Not a stellar day for UFC President Dana White. Not at all. But Arizona Athletic Commission, great day for, for them. Great day for them. With that, be back on Thursday for Friday morning. Until then, everyone stay safe.